we, yeah, you can clap, you can clap in church. In your bulletins is a Team World Vision little handout. If you weren't here last week, we'll say something about it in the next couple weeks, but um, Team World Vision is a big deal to us here at Crossview, making a difference in this way, and there's other churches in Mankato this year joining in with us. So uh, if you are interested, if you want to sign up, even if you're not a runner, just like I was not last year, it is a an amazingly formative experience. So um, that little sheet inside, we're going to show some pictures because... Um, it's huge. It would, almost 2,000 people got water for lifetime last year through Crossview, and that is huge, huge in our partnerships in the Congo. So I encourage you to sign up for that. Check it out. 80% of people who do Team World Vision have never run before. So if you're frightened to run, just like I am every time I put on my running shoes, um, we encourage you to think about it. We'll also have many, many different ways for everybody to get involved in this. So um, that is in your bulletin. We would encourage you to check it out. Uh, we mentioned the Gazolas. I also want to just mention we have a ton of people volunteering this morning to make the run happen. Um, there are people setting up right now for the meal and uh, this nice, doesn't it feel like August 15th right now? Um, it is nice and warm and everybody's going to be running just to jump in that pool outside there. Um, no jumping in the pool in front of me while I'm preaching, please. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So we thank everybody that has volunteered this morning. It, it is really, really neat to see. If you have your Bibles, Luke chapter 24, Luke 24, and uh, we're in this year-long series and... Uh, this is one of those weird weeks where this Sunday in June, we, our text is the resurrection text. So this is a text that I would normally reserve for Easter each year, and we would get up and we would say, he is risen, and you would say, and uh, you know, it's that whole deal. So we're going to look at a resurrection text here in June, and um, I, I hope that it does something in us. It's intriguing. We worship on Sunday. In general, the Christian church worships on Sunday. Why? Because the resurrection was the first day of the week. And in Acts, they would come together on the first day of the week. And so it was Resurrection Sunday, literally every Sunday. We embrace, we remember that Jesus has risen again. Not only did he die, but he rose again. And that is an essential part of our story. So let me pray before we jump into it. God, in this room with kids and adults and students and all of us together, God, we thank you that you are here with us. So, Lord, as we look at this text, I pray that you would speak, that you would speak words of life to each person in here. Whatever the story is, God, that you would be the one who brings life. Pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. amen. I am uh, going to talk very fast. I have 15 minutes to preach because we have 13 people getting baptized this morning, which is absolutely awesome. So, isn't that cool? So buckle up, we're going to run through Luke 24. Um, the resurrection, it is for Christians, it is the most important moment in history to us. It redefines, it defines everything. It's more than a story that we just celebrate once a year. At the end of the day, it is what our faith fully rests on. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 14 said this. He said, and if Christ had not been raised, then all our preaching is useless. Listen to this. And your faith is useless. Without the resurrection, we have nothing. 
And we believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ, that Jesus actually, in bodily form, rose from the dead. It's an important, it's the most important part of what we believe. Every time we say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we are embracing the future realities of the resurrection in the here and now. We believe the resurrection is not just about getting somewhere after we die. We believe that God's good resurrection life is breaking into the realities in which we live in the here and now. That's why Paul again in Corinthians, he talks to the believers and he says, you are a new creation. That good life is starting to enter in in the here and now. N.T. Wright in his book, Surprised by Hope, which is all about the resurrection, he says this, and this will be on the screen. He says, the point of the resurrection is that the present bodily life is not valueless just because it will die. What you do with your body in the present matters because God has a great future in store for it. What you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sowing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable, until the day when we leave it all behind. As the hymn so mistakenly puts it, they are part of what we may call building God's kingdom. The resurrection is not just there, it's something that God is doing in us in the here and now. And so we jump into this text in Luke 24. With that all as the setup, we're going to try and bring it down and say, we know the resurrection is big. We know it's hard to get, hard to understand. But what does it mean in our lives in the here and now? And verse 1 says this. But very early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb. Taking the spices they had prepared, they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance, so they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They stood there puzzled. Two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes. We've talked about it before, but one of the most beautiful parts of the resurrection text in all the Gospels is that the women are the first eyewitnesses. You see, in the first century, a woman's eyewitness, a woman's witness in court was not admissible. And it's intriguing that the author of Luke, this doctor, Luke, brings in their witness. And it's intriguing also that later on in verse 10, he names them by name. We'll talk about that in a second. Verse 5 goes on to say this. The women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember, and underline, circle that word remember. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. We're going to talk about that idea of remembering as it relates to the resurrection. But he's talking to these women, which implies that these women were with Jesus in his earthly ministry. They saw and heard him. They were part of his disciples, part of his followers. Remember what he told you back in Galilee. That the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that he would rise again on the third day, I'd also underline that word must, that this story, what is happening in Jesus' life and death and resurrection, is part of God's plan. It's not an accident. It's part of God's redemptive plan to make things right again. Then we jump down to verse 8. Then they remembered that he had said this. This is so good. So they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. 
But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw empty linen wrappings. By the way, some would say that Jesus actually didn't rise from the dead, that maybe it was some mystical event, but this is one of the points in the text that we understand that there was an actual bodily resurrection. If thieves would have come in, come in and taken the body, they would have just taken the body, linens and all. The fact that the linens are in there tells us there's something more happening in this story. Then he went home again, wondering what had happened. The word wonder is an intriguing word that really means amaze. It has this idea of worship. It's not just uh, what happened. It's he came, he saw it, and there's something that's going on that amazes his heart. So, with all that said, and the fact we're going to walk into a time here where we get to baptize people, which is all about the resurrection, by the way. That as we baptize these people who put their faith in Christ, when they go under, they are buried in Christ's death. And when they come up, they're raised in the likeness of his resurrection. So what does this mean for us? What is the fact that this Jesus, the one that we worship, actually raised from the dead? I want to give us two takeaways as we walk away. Two very practical takeaways. One is the beauty of Luke 24, the beauty of the story, the beauty that women are the key heroes in this story is that all are invited. The resurrection story of Jesus Christ is a story for everyone. Everyone is invited into this story. And that's counterintuitive to us because we tend to leave people out, right? Remember back in your recess days and the two people are picking for recess and what happens? More than often, somebody is left out. When you're planning a party, you sort of put down your list of who you're going to invite and what is the implication some people are left out. In the way of Jesus, in the resurrection story, all are invited to believe and trust that this story is true. What Jesus actually did. So that's the first thing. All are invited. If you are here this morning and you have never put your faith and trust in this Jesus, if you have wondered if it is for you, if God actually cares about you, if you matter, this story says to you this morning, trust God. Trust this Jesus. Second thing is this. I love verse 6, that word remember. I encourage you to circle. So all are invited. And this idea of remembering, it comes from this Greek word, memneskamai which has this idea of recalling to mind, returning to one's mind, reminding oneself what's important because we're prone to forget, we're prone to get busy, we're prone to have all these things go on and we forget the most important things is the implication of what's going on here. You've ever been with your friends, maybe you go back to a high school reunion and this line comes out again and again and again. Remember when, right? Remember that one time at band camp. Remember when. Because we look back and we remember things that were formative, that were important. And that is what the author is saying. Remember what Jesus taught you because what is happening is exactly what he taught you. And it's the most important thing that you will ever find out about. In Luke 9, verse 22, it says this. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He will be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law. He must be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead. They had heard about, heard about this part of the story. Later on in Luke 9, it says, Listen to me and remember what I say. 
This is Jesus. The Son of Man is going to be betrayed in the hands of his enemies, but they didn't know what he meant. Its significance was hidden from them, so they couldn't understand it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. Luke 18 says this. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans, and he will be mocked and treated shamefully and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him, but on the third day he will rise again. Friends, as we remember this story, It's part of why we gather for worship every week. To be reminded of the significance of what Jesus did. His life, his death, and most importantly, his resurrection. Because see, if Jesus actually rose from that, it changes everything. And I think this text gives us the idea that when we remember it, when we remember it again and again and again and again, our hearts tend to go to two things. One is we tell people about it, right? When I remember what Jesus did, not just this huge cosmic reality, but the fact that Jesus did that for me, I tell people about it. And the second piece is, I am always moved to worship. When I remember again and again and again, there's a living God who came and died and rose again so that things can be made right in this world, so that things can be made right in me. Our posture is always to move to worship, just like Peter did at the end. That he wondered, that he was amazed that a living God would actually do this. Let's pray. Father, this is the biggest of stories. Biggest of stories, God. It's bigger than any movie we watch, any book we read. That there's a living God who made us and who will move towards us in our sin, in our brokenness. Not only to forgive us by dying, but Lord, to give us hope. To give us life now and life in the future through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do that good work in each of us. Help us as we celebrate baptism, God, to be reminded of how good and true and important this story is. We pray this in your name. Amen.